and welcome in everyone to another episode of Catfish on Ice with your host Chad Minton and Rich Howe. We're struggling today. Oh, I'm struggling. Rich, I don't know about you, but I am struggling. That was not fun last night. I did not have fun no. in that game. I didn't. A couple times it was fun. A couple times. But yeah, now the Preds lose. Four to three to the Dallas Stars. I hate losing to the Dallas Stars. I hate it. It's not fun. In that game, I'm sorry, but the Preds did not play their style. The Stars completely gave them a taste of their own medicine, if you ask me. And that's probably why it wasn't fun for me to watch it. It's really fun when you're doing it to the other team, but when the team's doing it to you, and that's what the Stars do. They know us very well. They know how to block shots they know how to make the game ugly and that's what they did and I know the Preds scored three goals but it just didn't feel like they were ever clicking on all cylinders and uh they take the loss so the we are episode 104 here tonight of Catfish and Ice with Chad and Rich Howe brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network and oh we're going to spend a big part of this episode reacting to that game because it's a really big game against division rival coming out of the all-star break our opening face-off tonight is going to be all about talking about that game from start to finish what did we see how do we feel about it and we will get into that but we have some other stuff we're going to debut another new segment rich well how about you tell everybody what we're doing tonight tell us it tell is. all of our listeners we got a new segment something fun something that really gets the brain juices flowing like we like to do on this show so, Rich, how about you tell everybody what we got, we uh, what we're uh, debuting tonight on a new episode of Catfish Nice? Yeah, so we've got a few um, subjects to talk about, and we are going to give our confidence level one through ten. Yes, on how likely or unlikely these things are going to happen. So, yes, pretty good stuff. One to ten. We've got. To we're going to call. We're going to call it the Preds Confidence Meter. That's it. That's what we're going to call it. We're yep, going to do good. this throughout the rest of the season, the Preds Confidence Meter. We are yep. going to be honest here. It's all about honesty on Catfish on Ice. Yep. We don't, pull any, pun- we don't pull any punches here. So we're going to Mike- give our confidence meter here. Mike Twitter says, bring it. What's up, Mike Twitter? Happy it's, that you're here. It's so funny that we call him Mike Twitter, but it's actually Michael Witt. It's just I Mike like- Witt. But, but I, I like, like Mike Twitter. I like Mike Twitter way more because that's what we knew him as for so long. That's and it. then, of course, yep. we got the pleasure of meeting him on our listener yep. appreciation episode. So fun. Way back on episode 100. And so <laughs> uh, we, wel- we welcome his opinion every time he comes on here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes. Absolutely. Bring it. He says bring it. We're bringing it. So we'll yep. do the confidence meter level. Uh, Preds confidence meter. That's a new segment we got tonight. We've also got to do our power rankings, battle for the central power rankings. We will do that. Let's see if we drop the Preds at all in our rankings. We've had the Preds at number two for like what? Three or four weeks now? It feels like we've had them at number two for a while. I think so. Something like that. We've got some really good NHL quick hitters tonight. A lot of good topics to move around. Some A lot of stuff's happened right out of the all-star break. We've only, we're only three days out of the All-Star break, and there's a lot going on. that We will quickly Definitely. hit 
And then to round out the episode, you're going to have to download the podcast the next day on Spotify, no. on Apple, anywhere you get your podcast. You're going to have Absolutely. to go get the full episode. Or you can go to our YouTube channel. If you're watching on our YouTube channel right now, go check it out. We've got our interview with Max Ritz of the Squadcast. And he joined us earlier this week for episode 104 to talk yep. about what is the Preds ceiling this season? What do we need to see them? How far do they need to go in the playoffs? We talked about Philip Forsberg contract talks because that's what everyone's obsessed over right now. And then uh, we talked about some other things too. So either go check out it at, check it out on our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the subscribe button Absolutely. while you're there. We need that subscription. We'd appreciate oh, yeah. that. Or download the full episode when we post it tomorrow on all major podcast platforms. That's what we got in store for you. Absolutely. First, Rich, I'm in some new – I'm in a little bit – I moved to a different part of the house. I I don't know if you can tell. I I can. I like it. I moved this operation into the kitchen. I was in the living room for the first 103 episodes of Catfish on Ice. I was on a couch. This couch that is very comfortable, but when you're sitting for uh, over two hours hours, or two hours on that couch, leaning forward, it hurts your back. It does not feel good on your back at all. And um, it's really good to fall asleep on watching Netflix. It's not so great for doing a two hour long podcast when you're sitting Mm -hmm. up. So I had to move this operation into the kitchen. So I'm into the kitchen right now. Yep. And I feel a lot better. And I don't know if anyone can see that's watching right now, but over my right shoulder, right up there, yeah, right there. Yep, that's it. See a really cool picture. I'm not going to get up and take it off the wall, but it's a picture yeah. of way back in 2006, 2007. My mother, who does a lot of our graphics, created the Catfish and Ice logo. Yes. She used to do so advertise. Awesome. She used to do advertising for the Predators, and way back when. She got that picture, which is got three autographs on it from Paul Correa, Kimo Timonen, and also Steve Sullivan. So you yep. got, uh, yeah, I'm not, it's not for sale, but I've got it no. hanging up there. I'm very proud of it. Love it. Love that picture. It's autographed. Three man. really, yeah, it's three really awesome early Preds. Mike Twitter says it's catfish in the kitchen. It's not catfish on the ice anymore. In the kitchen. Yeah, I don't know. Catfish in the kitchen. I think everyone's going to think it's a cooking show, though. I don't know. I don't know. I don't eat any kind of fish or seafood, so I would not watch that show. So I just would ignore it. But I don't think we've done ever done any cooking segments on this show. But there's a first time for everything, I guess. No, I mean you're right there. You're probably really (laughs) close to your oven. You could just. I am very close to it. A a Chad special, whatever your special is. uh, spaghetti, maybe? I don't know. There you go. All right. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's get into it. Episode 104 of Catfish and Ice, our opening face-off. And let's just go ahead and air our grievances right now when it comes to that Stars game last night. Kyle Perkins, our, our buddy on Monday on episode 103, said it best. He said, this is a tough team to come back to to play yep. against. And boy, was he right on that because I like I said I know the Preds came back and tied the game twice or three times in this game Mm -hmm. they fell behind one nothing they fell behind Mm -hmm. two to one they fell behind three to two and they kept 
quickly tying it back up. At one point in the game, there was how many goals were scored between the two teams in like a very short amount of time. It was Um, like – Second period, there was four between all of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was very quick. And and one of them did happen within – two of them happened within like 20 seconds. Dallas scored and then Matt Duchesne um, just had a nasty, filthy goal that – Got caught um, Ottinger off off guard and uh, tied it up. That was pretty crazy. So the momentum shifts in these game in this game oh, yeah. was just all over the place. It was wild. It was like going back and forth there for a minute. But you always felt like the Stars just had a leg up on the Preds the entire game. It just felt like the Preds were not in their system. They weren't really doing what they weren't controlling the game like they wanted to. And John Hines said that in his quote, basically saying we didn't play to our identity. He loves that word, identity. And I got to go with him on this one. They did not look like the normal Predators team that has a ton of line chemistry that is working in sync with each other. That's I didn't see that last night. Even though they did score three goals, I did not see that. Rich, I'm really interested to hear what your perspective was on the game I thought that they did a good job for the first like eight or nine minutes. Like they had possession of the puck a lot. Um, Dallas was on the ropes for that whole stretch. I mean, Predators pretty much kept the puck the whole time. And then that whole mess with Trennan hitting Klingberg happened. And I think that just kind of took the steam out of them. Um, I don't. How do you feel about that call, Rich? And, Okay. You know we're not biased on – anyone not, who listens to our show regularly, we are not a biased Preds podcast. We love the Preds, but we yeah. call them out when they don't play well. We call them out Absolutely. when things aren't – when things just happen the way they happen. But that whole call, Rich, where they called elbowing, it took – they reviewed it for a while. You slow it down in slow motion. It was not a malicious elbow to this guy's no. chin. It was just a hard – Hockey hit on the yeah. boards. Rich, and that's, talk about that. Yeah, so that's what I didn't like. So it did – when you watched it live, it did look it did look kind of ugly. It looked like Trennan, you know, shouldered up into his face or whatever. But what actually happened was Klingberg's uh, arm was up high and Trennan bumped his arm and he kind of hit himself. And, you know, what I don't like is – it took him forever to, to make a call and like Jamie Ben was trying to fight Trenton and Trenton wasn't having anything with it, not wanting to fight, which was really good on his part. And the referees just finally got together and they gave Trenton a five minute major penalty after five minutes of deliberating about it. And then once they reviewed it, they, they put it down to two minutes, but like, I don't like that. It's like you're given like the play's got done. Like you shouldn't have like five minutes to decide, Oh, you know what? I think we better give this guy a penalty. I didn't like that. And it happened again in the game uh, later on. Didn't, didn't, did not like that at all. So, so why um, does it, why does it feel like where the Preds are always on the wrong end of these really uh, just terrible calls from these officials. And we know that NHL officiating is like right up there with the NBA. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to just, Yep. Blatant, awful 
yeah. like officiating. And I'm not saying it's like fixed or it's rigged. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like out here trying to give you some right. hot take, but it's, I think it's just, just bad officiating. Yeah. I don't think they have it out for the Preds in, in particular. Yeah. Because I have seen some calls that were bad for the other team when the Preds are involved, but for some yeah. reason, I mean, this, these are momentum shifting moments in a, in a very close game, a division yeah. rival game. Yep. You got to get these calls right. And when you have that much time to, to review it, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. And I'm man. not, I'm not saying, I don't know. I just felt like this Dallas like goaded the, the referees into making a call. Cause yeah. With Jamie Ben. Once, yeah. Yeah. And then once they called, you know, that, that, that five minute penalty, he's getting at least five, he's getting at least two minutes. The only thing they can't wipe it away. The only thing they can do is is reduce it to two minutes, and that's what he wound up getting. And I just, I just, I just didn't think that was cool. But um, I don't know. What did you think about it? Did you agree or? Yeah, it was just it was just another instance of just the, the refs don't have control of the game. They don't yeah. know what they're going to call. You, you got a lot of time going by. Jamie Ben carries a lot of weight mm-hmm. in this league. I'm sorry, but he does. I mean, he's yeah. he's a very storied veteran of this league that carries a lot of weight, I'm sure, with the officials. And you saw him um, not happy about whatever he was not happy about. And uh, I don't think that changed the game, though. Let me be very clear. No, not really. I actually but... think the Stars could have easily beaten the Preds by two or three goals in this game. I'm just being mm-hmm. dead honest. That's what I saw. I don't think yeah. the Preds deserved necessarily to win that game last night. They did not play very well. They did not. No, they and if they play that way through this month of February, they're in trouble because <laughs> big trouble. You think the stars are a formidable opponent. They're getting ready to play teams like Carolina, Florida. They're yep. going to, they got to take on, uh, I mean, they got to take on the capitals. I mean, they're ugly. Their Eastern conference opponents. They got coming up here are some legit Stanley cup contending teams Yep, who have scoring talent. And I just the, – the effort they brought forward – I don't want to say effort because I do think this team always plays hard, but mm-hmm. they just weren't in sync with each other. It just wasn't working. Yeah. And I don't know if it was – just I'll, I'll give credit to the Stars uh, on defensively. They frustrated the Preds. They built that wall at the blue line. They made it very hard for the Preds to get set up. Yep. If you look at the three goals the Preds scored, it was very much just these like quick strikes. Nothing, yeah, nothing like no pretty goals. They were all fought for, you know, like Tolvanen's. We didn't even know if it was even his at first. It looked like McCarron tipped it. And then Matt Duchesne's, his was probably the best one of the night. And it was still like not a clean like mm-hmm. shot to the net. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I, I was doing the uh, tweeting last night for our uh, for catfishes. Um, so send all your hate. So send all your yeah. uh, hate mail to at rich yeah. underscore how underscore nine. That's right. He was the one tweeting. Was... I was tweeting from Predline, so you can send all your hate mail in in terms of the Predline's tweets to yep. at Chad underscore uh, Minton. So yep. now we know who was tweeting from where. Yeah, it was, uh, and I was I was a little uh, I was a little salty about the referees last night on the old Twitter account, but um, <clears throat> the 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 last tweet I sent out was I think very true for the Predators. These guys can't have days off. Like 
when they get stretches where they don't get to play, this is, this is what happens. And it's, it's really strange. And I know it takes a little bit to get back into the flow of playing, but man, you're, you're second in the division. You're you, uh, Minnesota's one point behind you. Dallas is like going to be making a huge push to get in the wild card or higher. Like you got to beat these guys and you got to get up for these games. So. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this. I mean, both teams gate had 15 giveaways. Yeah. Thank you, Mike Twitter. I appreciate that. Yeah. So there <laughs> was an accurate tweet. Yeah. So each team had 15 giveaways. So it was a sloppy game from both teams. I felt like the stars did not finish on a, a lot of the no. giveaways that the stars, that the uh, Preds gave them. Like, they had they some had really good chances where they completely missed the net or Soros made the save. Like I saw a lot of, of times yep. when that happened. Uh, Soros, let's talk about Soros here. Um, he, mm. I mean, poor guy just got left out to dry on a lot of these goals. But there were, there's one goal in particular where I would have really liked to have seen him take that mantle of being a Vesna goaltender and being one of the best goaltenders in the league. And that was the Rupe Hintz goal that put, uh, I, I believe it put the stars up three to two. And it was yes. that, you remember where the bouncing puck happened and, and it bounced off a, a cunning kind of, stick? Mm-hmm. And yep. Rupe Hintz, who is a very dynamic goal scorer, just dangerous. When he gets open in, in open ice, you're in trouble. Yep. That's one of those breakaways where, I mean, if Soros can just make that save, then who knows what happens? You're still two to two. Maybe the Preds can figure out a way to get a two, uh, get the lead for the first time on the evening. Yeah. And I'm not putting this loss on Soros. Don't get me wrong here. No. But those are the kind of moments where you really want to see Soros just step up and say, not today. It's not going to happen. Dikembe yeah. Mutombo style, like put the finger up, like it's not happening today. No, and no, no. he wasn't able to do it in that moment, unfortunately. Yeah. Rupe Hintz made a really s- slick move on him, beat him backhand, I believe. And I think uh, you're right. it's just, it's one of those things. And what was weird is like, it happened like just a little uh, outside of the neutral zone. Well, like right at the blue line, basically. So he didn't like have a full head of steam skating towards Soros, but he took off pretty quick and, yeah, I, I really would have liked to have seen him stop that one too, but I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. Rupe Hens is a good player. <laughs> and then the two the two goals that Jason Robertson scored were screen that goals. Dude. Yeah, that did. And that's man. just, I mean, that's so hard for any goaltender to, to make the save in that instance. So yeah. it's one of those situations where, I mean, honestly, the Stars could have scored five goals in this game, honestly, five or six. Like they were – yeah. They were in a lot of really good spots, and it was – and then let's talk about this. What were you thinking, Rich, on this last face-off of the game? <laughs> where they, I mean, they gave the Preds like this, like, power play, which doesn't really mean anything. And you've got, this face, you've got this face-off, and you've got right – you've got what? I think there was, like, 0.9 seconds or 1.9 seconds. It was, like – Yeah, 1.9, I think. It was basically you had enough time to – because it's not like – so everyone thinks buzzer beaters. They think the NBA. And in, in the NBA, the yep. ball has to be out of your hand before 
the the um, clock hits zero. In hockey, the puck actually has to cross the red line into the goal for it to count. So 1.9 seconds is like literally win the faceoff, and you got to like blast it. Yep. And I don't know if it would have counted if it would have been on net. It's hard to say. But Forsberg got a shot off. Mm -hmm. Credit to Ryan Johansson for winning the faceoff. Yep. Forsberg got a shot. He missed the net wide. But could you have imagined uh, what would have happened it would have been if so Forsberg awesome. scores here with the type of season he's already having? If he scores been. there and it, it gets reviewed as a good goal and we go to overtime in a game that was already wacky to begin with. Yep. I mean, yeah. Ah, got me. It got me. It did. Me too. I agree 100%. Justin makes a really good point. Um, it's clear that the Preds need better defensive depth or call up Ference or something because it was clear as day when Boro goes down, it's bad. Well, absolutely. <laughs> very good hey. point you bring up there, Justin Gambino. So um, yeah. the Preds were without their trusted third defensive pairing of Mark Borowiecki and Matt Benning. Matt yep. Benning's been out for a bit. He's been out since before mm-hmm. the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, very, yep. very difficult when you've got to go. You got to bring Ben Harper back into the lineup. You still got Fleet Myers in there, which he's been playing a little bit better. But that so is, too. that's not a good swap when you're swapping out Borough and Benning for Myers and Harper. Mm-hmm. And that was illustrated plain as day in this game. I mean, very it, much so. They were carved up left and right. There were people, there were a lot of people out of position. And it gave me nightmares and flashbacks of back when uh, the Preds couldn't figure out their third defensive pairing for the longest time. If you remember when they were signed, when they were signing players like Corbinian Holzer and they were going out there and getting your Lucas Spizas of the world. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Uh, Yeah. And And so Yannick Weber and, which yeah. Yannick Weber was what he was, but you even had Matt Irwin back in the – I mean, Jared Tornorti, oh, yeah. which I know Jared Tornorti's turned out to find himself a home and plays pretty well. But, uh, yeah, that was a time when it was just like the president didn't know what to do <clears throat> yeah. with that third defensive pairing. And so you don't see Borovieski or Benning in there, and look what happens. Yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, that's why I'd really like both of those guys to stay – at the end of this season when I know that Benning might not, um, I think they probably would want to keep Borowiecki might not either. I mean, they're both. That's true. Yeah. When you look look at it, we really don't know. Yeah. You don't know, but I think it would be wise for them to at least try to keep him, but yeah, just lots of breakdowns and just, um, just, it's just not good, man. These guys just can't, when they get a few days off, they just, it's like and they revert back to their old way. Neither team, neither team was able to pile the shots up on goal. The Stars had twenty-seven. The Preds only had twenty-three. Yeah, I mean, it was like I mean, it wasn't an even though it was four to three, the final score. Yep, that really will fool you here. It was oh, not yeah. an offensive game at all. It was very sloppy. It was mm. very chippy. It was uh, you had a lot of block shots out there. You had a lot of hits. Both teams had seventeen blocks. Yeah, uh, the Preds had 15 giveaways in this game. You're not yeah. going to win. You're not going to get in any kind of an offensive flow with 15 giveaways, and no. the other team and the other team gets six power plays. That's hurt 
That that hurt him. Yeah, and he traded he traded off with you go zero for four on the power play. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's a recipe for disaster. They are very fortunate that it was a four to three game and that they actually had a chance to tie this game late and go into overtime. Because yeah. if the Preds figure out a way to even get a point out of that game, and this is what I'm thinking in the third period of this game, I'm thinking if the Preds even get one point, mm-hmm. it will be like stealing in the in the dead of the night because they had no business it wouldn't getting have been eight deserved. points out of that game. It, <laughs> no. I mean, I hate to I, say yeah, it, but, I mean, it's just – it is what it is, you know? Yeah, I will say um, that's not going to get it done uh, later in the month when they're playing – well, even the stadium series game playing against Tampa Bay. We, go. like, we got that sneaking up on us. It's, yeah, it's, huge, it's like It's like um, two and a half weeks away, the stadium yeah. series game against Tampa. Yeah, so this, that this, this month is just brutal, man. And then yeah. you still get you get revenge, you get a chance for revenge on Dallas on February twenty fourth, which will be at home. Pecorine's jersey retirement ceremony. Of oh, they course. better beat them. Oh my gosh! Win. And I think they're going to come into that game really ticked off after they how because they know these these players are so accountable. They know that they did not play well last night. Yeah, and so I expect I the Preds to really come out. <laughs> And play very well on Saturday against Winnipeg. I yep. just trust I trust this team to do what is necessary to come out and beat a team that they are better than right now. They're better than Winnipeg. They have yep. no business losing to Winnipeg on Saturday. Absolutely. They better take care of business, <clears throat> play their game, make some adjustments, and all will be well. All will be will be calm again. But yep. if they if they snowball this into a loss on Saturday. These standings are way too clunked up right now. You can fall back in a hurry, and suddenly you're in the oh. wild card spot, which we've already talked about it. We're like, we don't want any part of being in that wild card spot. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, so the week of the stadium series game, that Tuesday at Florida, and then like you said, on the 24th, Pecorino retirement, uh, Jersey retirement, Dallas, Two days later, stadium series against Tampa Bay. So, not an easy week at all. Not an easy week at all. By any, by any means. So, All right, so there you have it. Yeah, Preds lose 4-3 to three to the Stars. The season series against Dallas is tied 1-1, one to one, and they will play them again on February 24th, Pecorino's yep. jersey retirement ceremony. So, uh, we got to look forward like we gotta look forward up, that. man. Dallas is like they creeping are. up. I said they're it in the there. last. I said yeah. it in the last episode, man. They're that. They're hiding in the weeds right now. They're like that yep. creepy, like stalker. Mm-hmm. It's like in the weeds, and they're <laughs> waiting to just make their move. And out of nowhere, they're just going to pop out and like make I mean, things, you know, interesting. Yeah. So the, this is where they're going to make the push, and this is the exact time for them to make a push. And they're not that far out, so. They're only they're only four points out of the wild card. They are only ten. They're ten points behind the Preds with three yep. games in hand. Their goal differential on the season is only a minus one. So yep. they've lost a lot of close games. That's what you get out of that. I've been yep. saying this for a while. They're better than their record. They really are. Yeah. Yep. So we'll just have to keep an eye on them. We'll have to keep. They're an a eye tough on them. team. They're definitely tough. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is. Episode 104 of Catfish and Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. Let's get into our next segment here. It's a new segment on the show, one that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to get a lot of get a lot of chatter here. 
Anyone who's watching live right now, go ahead and get in on the chat, whether it's on YouTube or Twitter. Let us know what your rating would be here, your confidence level rating would be. This is the Preds confidence meter. And as we roll through the rest of this season, we will come up with other questions and roll out this segment and rate what our confidence level is from 1 to 10. we got to be honest with ourselves here. It's all about honesty. It's all about looking yourself in the mirror and letting letting everyone know how confident we really are in certain aspects of this season. Yep. Rich, how about you – how about you go ahead and bring our first Preds confidence meter question to the All table? Right. So we'll start with – so they get they kind of get a little better as you go along. So this first one, um, confidence level 1 to 10, that the Predators can stay in the top 10 on the power play in the NHL. They are currently sitting at ninth. Ooh. Confidence level in that. All right. They've um, stayed up there for a long time, but this—they've been pretty much. They've been pretty much top ten the entire season. They have been, yeah. And they've, but they're inching, yeah, you know, kind you know of, kind of farther away from that. Only because I have so much faith in that Grandland Forsberg Duchesne combination, I'm gonna put my confidence level all the way up at an eight. Oh well, you have some good company because there's. Mike Twitter says eight and Justin says eight. Okay, we didn't script that, everybody. That was nope. just that was That's just perfect. Preds fans being we're just thinking clearly. I swear that was not scripted. Yeah. But Justin and Mike, we're on the same page here. I'm going eight. I feel like they're gonna be able to uh yep. to stay in the top ten. And they they better stay in the top ten because yep. I'm telling you, this is one of the ways that the Preds have to score goals. They're not what you would call a juggernaut offensive team, even though I know yeah. Forsberg is ripping ripping apart the league, and he is at least coming out of the All Star break, he was leading the league and goals scored above expected. Yeah. But even with him, and even with Roman Yossi, and even with Matt Duchesne scoring some goals occasionally, you got Tanner Janot out there scoring big goals. Mm-hmm. This is not an offensively stacked team when it comes to piling up the goals like some of these other teams out there. So yep. they've got to keep that top 10 power play rating going. They've got to stay um, opportunistic yep. when they get on the power play. So I'm yep. going confidence level 8 out of 10 that they stay yep. in the top 10 on the yep. power play. I would say 8 as well. I think We're all going 8 here. They'll, they'll get going. They'll, they'll get it back. They'll, they'll be fine. Justin, Central is just strong. Only reason Preds are where they are. And then he says Preds will be first in the Pacific. That's that's possible. That's absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two. Right. What? Whoa, wait, Rich. Why are you rubbing your hands like you're like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons? Because they're, they're so good. These are all good. All right. They're so good. All right. Number, number two. One to ten. Do the Preds finish in the top three in the Central Division? Uh, this one, this one right here is like this one is hard. I got to really look myself in the mirror here. I've got to really go deep into my soul to answer this one uh, honestly. And on it, Rich, I got to be honest, man. I'm not. I, I'm feeling like we're destined for the wild card again right now. I'm gonna go 
five out of ten. I'm right in the middle, man. I'm not. I'm not very strong in my convictions right now when it comes to finishing in the top three. And when I look at the standings, the biggest reason why I don't have high confidence is, I mean, it's the games in hand. And I know yeah. everything's going to even out. Minnesota has still got five extra games behind us, and they're only one point behind us. Yep. Oh, here's so a- you got to think that eventually Minnesota is going to pass up the Preds unless the Preds just go on some – you know, really good winning streak, and then in return, the Wild go on a long losing streak. But and then you got St. Louis, who's played three fewer games than the Preds, and they're only three game three points behind. Yeah. So I mean, you're yeah. you're talking about two teams who are just as high quality and and strong teams as the Preds, and they've got games in hand, and they're right there when it comes to point totals. Yeah. So it scares me, and I feel like. <clears throat> Yep. Especially when we come out of this really difficult month of February, I think the Preds are unfortunately going to find themselves right back in that wild card mess, and they're going to have to really fight hard to um, yep. to get a playoff spot. Yep. Mike Twitter says six to seven. Justin says seven. Clint Landers has joined us. He says four. What's up, Clint. Hey, Clint. How you doing, Justin man? also said Blues versus Preds fight for third. And second and first isn't going to happen. Uh, all right. A lot of good no, comments no, there from all of our uh, viewers and listeners yeah. right now. We appreciate that. Good stuff. All right. Yep. So we're all – over. Rich, we're all over the board. We're all over the board here. Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm about at six. I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop or whatever that, that saying is because – They've been playing so well, and I'm just waiting for the bad, I guess. That's just being negative, but whatever. (laughs) So you're slightly, slightly more confident than me that they can. A little. I mean, I mean, it's, it's so hard. I mean, let's all be, let's all be real. Let's all be honest here. Going into this season, did we even think about a top three division spot? No, we did not. Nope. We weren't even thinking playoffs necessarily. No. We were just, we were just, we were just thinking, let the young kids play. Let's have some entertaining hockey. Mm-hmm. Let the chips fall wherever they may fall. We're probably going to miss the playoffs, but let's get all these young players' development. And so yeah. uh, now we Clint, find ourselves here. Clint says, I want Vegas. Whoa, Clint. Uh, be careful what you ask for. But, Ooh. yes, Vegas is going through some rough times right now. They're not, they're so, not yeah. playing up to par at all. <laughs> Vegas isn't. But they're about so, to get Jack Eichel back. Jack Eichel yeah. is practicing in a non-contact jersey now. Saw that. I was rooting for the highest pick possible. That makes sense. Yeah. So picking picking whether you want Colorado or Vegas is like picking which hammer to hit yourself in the head with. They're both going to hurt. So it doesn't really matter one way or the other. Vegas. So Vegas comes off as this team that's that, okay. So they're not necessarily living up to expectations for the regular season. But it's one of those teams that it, that they could get hot at the right time in the playoffs, yep. and they can just they're gonna they can win their first cup easily. They they have the roster to win a cup this year, they so do. I'm not really focused too much on their spot in the standings. If they start flirting with being out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. then yep. I'll start like that'll catch my attention. But as long as a team like Vegas gets into the playoffs, they're going to yep. be dangerous. You don't want any part of them. And, <clears throat> Did you see? Did you see also? Now that we're talking about Vegas, did you see also, Rich, that Mark Stone might be put on in, on the injured list 
all the way for the duration of the regular season. That might and have something to do with what Clint you know, brings up here. Yep. They don't have enough cap space to activate him without – they're pulling that's an old exactly, Tampa Bay, aren't they? That's exactly what's going on. Good catch uh, there, Clint. Clint's, Clint's paying attention. Clint knows his stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. Clint definitely um, knows his stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's, old, uh, it looks like that's what they're thinking about doing here because Vegas has a – ever since Vegas brought in Eichel, they've got a very precarious cap situation. Yeah. Yep. including Vegas is putting – Riley Smith is one of their players that they are shopping right now to other teams uh, because they're going to have to lose some quality players to to make room for Eichel. To activate him. Yeah. But I'm, so, but I'm sorry. I still don't want any part of Vegas in the playoffs because once you get in the playoffs, yeah. throw out the regular season records, that's when stuff gets real. And I think Rob – they have a quality goaltender in Robin Leonard. So um, – Yep. They're going to figure it out eventually. Almost like kind of like how Colorado, I said, we said the same thing about Colorado. Oh, yeah. I think Vegas is going to figure it out eventually. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Colorado playing horrible. And we were, but, but if we're comparing, but if we're comparing top to bottom, the Pacific division to the Central division, absolutely the Central division is way more um, stacked and more uh, competitive. Than the Pacific Division, if Definitely. you ask me, yeah. and if you oh, put yeah. the Preds in the Pacific Division, I do strongly feel that they would be a very strong lock to finish in the top three. Whereas in the yeah. Central, can't say that right now. Yep. Oh, Mike Twitter says I think Vegas is Chad's most hated out of the division teams. Eh, oh, I don't know. Sure. St. Louis. No, no, oh, really? You like them? You oh, like them I, no, I think he's saying out outside oh. of our division. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, no, no, so if we're no, no, no. So I got you now. I'm actually, sorry. that's a really good guess, Mike. But it's actually not Vegas. My most hated team, and it's personal, and it it's all goes for history here. And it's it's definitely the Pittsburgh Penguins for me. <laughs> yeah. If we're not talking Central Division teams, it's definitely the Pittsburgh Penguins for me. I, I, just because that Stanley Cup final in 2017, if you ask any Pittsburgh Penguins fan this, they will tell you that they wiped the floor with the Preds. The Preds were no were no competition. It shouldn't have even gone six games, yada, yada, yada. Anyone who watched that series from game one, when game one first opened, knows that the Preds were very much – right toe-to-toe with oh, yeah. the Penguins who were going for back-to-back Stanley Cups and were stacked on that roster with Sidney Crosby and with Evgeny Malkin and with so many other great players that were on that team. And they call the phantom they – call, they call the phantom offsides penalty on P.K. Subban, which yep. was not offsides, which was the first goal of the Stanley Cup final. I remember, remember it like it was yesterday. I was at a friend's house. We were yep. all – tailgating all day we were grilling out we were so pumped up to watch mm-hmm. the Preds in the Stanley Cup and PK Subban and the Preds score a goal and they call an offsides for the first goal of the series and then of course the hashtag Sisson scored and all that debacle and then you've got uh Sidney Crosby bouncing PK Subban's head off the ice, and then he makes up this excuse that his uh, glove was stuck in his helmet or something like that. He like it was just a lot of stuff. It was just like so. I'll never forget. I never had any problem with the Pittsburgh Penguins before that <laughs> series, but <laughs> now so I'm like they're not, and they're and they and the Penguins are one of those teams that figure out to still be relevant. Like they're they're still a quality team. Like they're going to make the playoffs again. 
And they, I mean, I wouldn't call them a Stanley Cup caliber team necessarily, but yep. I mean, they just won't go away. They won't go through a rebuild. They just keep sticking around. So, yeah. They wish they were an original six team. <laughs> That's my That's most cool. hated team, though, if you're not talking about the Blues or the Blackhawks for me. Yeah. That's funny. I know what yours is, Rich, and it's like set in stone. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's, it's, yeah, them and St. Louis. I don't like St. Louis either. All right. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one here on our Preds confidence meter. This is a big one. One to 10. Do the Predators make it out of the first round in the playoffs? Rich, this isn't a fair question. We don't know who we're playing. (laughs) Well, all right. No, just well, generally speaking. Just generally generally speaking, speaking, are they going to make it out of the playoffs or make it in uh, past the, to the second round? One to ten. What's your confidence level? I'm going to tell you. I, I give me yours first. Yeah, let's let's let I, you go gonna, first this time. It's not very. I'm, I'm going to say like a five. Um, I just I, like I said, I'm just waiting for waiting for something to to snap. I don't know. It's it's like it, everything's too good. Everything's just too good season so i don't know i'm going a seven. Oh wow good and the reason why is the way this team plays for each other and the way this team is built they are built to the predators and the way they play and the way they play for each other and they've got uc soros and net they do play very strong special teams hockey which is what will do a lot of favors in the playoffs they are the perfect prototype team to pull off an upset. Yeah, I hope so. So we just talked about how, or we just basically said that we're really worried that the Preds are going to be a wild card team again this year. Mm-hmm. But even if they do end up in the wild card and they have to go up against um, a Colorado or they have to go up against a Vegas, or let's say that in the Pacific, Vegas doesn't win the division – and maybe the Preds draw an Anaheim Ducks, maybe, who are up there. I think the Preds are built to maybe, just maybe, pull off a first-round upset. And we see upsets happen all the time in the Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs. And I think the Preds are the perfect team to pull off an upset. I can't go 10 like Mike is doing right now. Right on, Not right. that high. I'm going 7. It's a very modest 7. But I do feel like this is the year – that they can maybe pull off an upset similar to what they did in 2017, maybe. Not a sweep, not not on that level, but they can they can maybe win a seven-game series, win in seven and upset somebody and make it to the second round. That's pro- that's definitely their ceiling for me. I don't think they're going to the conference finals this year. I don't I don't see any of that happening. But yeah. I do think they are an upset alert type of team in the first round. So I'm going seven. Yeah. That's good. Mike Twitter said different mojo this year. That's true. It is different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when you've got, I mean, we don't know exactly what's ha- going to happen at the trade deadline, but let's say, let's just hypothetically say that David Poyle doesn't do anything. Let's say he just stands pat, which is very possible. Yeah. Then I'm looking at this roster right now and I'm thinking, you have plenty of players who are having career type of years. You can step up and score clutch goals in the playoffs for you. Of course, you got Philip Forsberg. But, I mean, Matt Duchesne's playing on another level. You've got Tanner Janot, who wants to taste that playoff success again. You've got Yakov Trenin, who can score goals for you in big moments. I mean, they've got plenty of players up and down their lineup. You're waiting for Ellie Tolvanen to finally 
reach that right. pinnacle in his career yep. where he can start scoring those big playoff goals. They've got the weapons. They've got the players up and down the lineup. They're not a thin lineup by any means. So yep. they can definitely upset somebody in the first round. They could do yep. it. Let's so. go with let, – let's do one more, Rich. Let's do one more before Clint, we move on. Clint, real quick, says, so do you also dislike the Canadians now due to their interim coach's name? Marty St. Louis. No, I'm not going to go that far. But <laughs> So we're going to do one more. All right. So I've got – Pick pick right. the best one left. I know we had, we had like eight or nine on yeah, our list. But I've we're, we're going to cut this down to four. So I'm, I'm going to – yeah, real quick, I'll give the ones we're not going to do. So I had Saros wins the Vesna. Eh, I'm about 50-50. I don't think it's going to happen. Yossi wins the Norris. A little higher for that. So this will, this will be the one. One to ten confidence level. Does Philip Forsberg re-sign with the Predators? Because we haven't obsessed over this enough already, Rich. Yeah. Um, uh, and you and you said that was your uh, New Year's resolution was to not talk about it. Yeah, that was the worst New Year's resolution Ooh. of all time. Look at this. Um, Justin Gambino four. Ooh, I don't like that, Justin. Mm. I don't like that at all. Um, oh, he's doing something else. So he says eight. Which one is that, Justin? All right, so while we're waiting for that clarification, I'm going to go ahead and give y'all a very optimistic and very strong nine out of ten he re-signs. Look at you. And I think he re-signs before the trade deadline. I hope you are right. I'm going to say that's a, that's really tough. Like, we've talked about it a lot, but, like, you just don't know. But I think you will. I'm going to say a, a, an eight. Let's go with an eight. All right. And the reason why I say a 9 out of 10, the reason why I'm that high on the confidence meter is because, for one, and I don't have any inside information on this, I don't hang out with Philip Forsberg on my days off. I wish I did. I wish oh, I was man. that cool. But um, something strikes me from Forsberg that he is he does care about this team. Mm-hmm. He is loyal to this franchise. He loves Nashville. He loves his teammates. He appreciates – appreciates what this organization did for him by trading for him. Mm-hmm. He has a chance to be the record holder on a lot of records when it's all said and done. And this organization has always done everything they could to make him a better player. And I think that a lot has to do with what's happening this season, of course. He's finally got two line mates that maximizes his value in Grandland. And Duchesne, why would you want to walk away from that now if you're uh, Forsberg? When you actually – it would be one thing if the Preds were just shuffling the lines up again this year and Forsberg was just bouncing up and down with different line mates and he couldn't get any uh, rhythm and his numbers were down. Then I think Forsberg would be like, I'm out of here. Like, sorry, I'm gone. Like, I got to get out of here. I'm not re-signing. Yeah. I'll, I'll finish out the season or you can trade me, but I'm, I'm done. I think he's starting to realize, hey, this team's building something. We've got a foundation we're starting to build, and I want to be a part of it. And so I'm going 9 out of 10. I think Poyle's going to have to overpay him a little bit to keep him here. But you know what? You overpay your superstars when they've been here for this long. They've done everything they've done for your franchise. He's definitely top three greatest Preds of all time. I would call him top top three or top four. We could – talk about that another day but uh he's definitely at least top three or top four and so 
I agree. I think you just got to pay him. Even if it's a little too much and you overpay him a little bit, you got to yeah. pay him. I'm going yeah. 9 out of 10. Poyle's going to get this done. It's going to take a little bit of time. I'm sure they're having to crunch a lot of numbers behind the scenes. I'm sure mm-hmm. Forsberg's camp is – is is, but I think behind the scenes, they're keeping it hush-hush. I think they're talking about it, and they're going to eventually get it figured out before the March 21 trade deadline. That's just – that's yeah. how I feel about it. If it doesn't happen – if it doesn't happen after – if the March 21 trade deadline passes and there's still not a deal, I'm going to start sweating this thing out. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, because there's the potential he could walk for nothing. Clint said seven. Justin said eight for Forsberg. I think Mike Twitter said five. I don't know. Um, then Mike Twitter said, did you hear – did you – I don't know if you – did you see Wayne Gretzky interviewing Philip Forsberg? I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. Oh, Wayne Gretzky right. talking yeah. about Philip Forsberg. <laughs> yeah. he. I mean, he is just – when he is doing his analysis for TNT – Yep. It's like literally nothing else matters around me at the moment. Oh, yeah. Like like yeah. my dog, like my dog might be going crazy. Something like the the kitchen might be on fire. I don't yep. care. I'm yep. I'm listening to what the great one has to say. And then when Absolutely. he's talking about Philip Forsberg, I'm like no yeah, other distractions. Yeah. I need to know Absolutely. what Gretzky's saying about Forsberg. I loved it. Absolutely. Clint said, <clears throat> I don't know why he'd want to leave Granlin. That I mean that is a great point cuz you don't yeah. know where he like who would he who would he even go to and who he would even be playing with and you know it's going to take time to build chemistry or whatever and like they're really building really good chemistry right now so I like it I hope he stays where's, I really want where, to stay. where's your, where'd you say yours was Rich oh uh, like an eight. eight I think it's like so eight. we're both feeling pretty confident we're yeah, gonna go, I mean, all right we're gonna go back and look back at this segment it yeah. once some of these things come to fruition and we're gonna see where our confidence level mm-hmm. was on that. All right, so that was a fun segment there, a debut of the Preds Confidence Meter. We're going to bring it back later this season as more things develop throughout the season. A lot of fun. Thanks for joining in on us with us to all of our listeners. It's a lot of fun. Also, tweet at the show, at Catfish Ice on Twitter, or hit us up on Facebook if you're on there, or if you're the big Instagram person. We're on there as well. Hit us up. We're on YouTube. Comment on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, of course. And we can have a lot of fun talking about this type of stuff. It's always fun getting in on it with fans and talking about that kind of stuff. All right, speaking of fun, it is Super Bowl week, Rich. It is Super Bowl week. We are just a little bit ways away from the Super Bowl. It's happening this Sunday between the Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Rams. And – Rich, real quick before we get into our sponsor with DraftKings, who are you taking? Give me a final score and who's your pick for the Super Bowl. Oh, gosh, because um, we I, all know you. We all know you are the NFL expert. <laughs> <laughs> I do not watch football. Um, I'm going to say Rams, and I'm going to say 21-14. Uh, that's not know. a bad I prediction. Know. I don't know. I, yeah, I've, I don't know anything. I haven't watched any NFL. That's not a bad prediction, though, Rich. But I will right. watch this game. My prediction is not very far off. I took the Rams 24. I'm taking the Rams 24 to 17. Okay, that's good. So pretty much like we're just talking like a few points there. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason why I got the Rams is because I think Matthew Stafford is about to really bring it home and show that he has always been an elite NFL quarterback, but he played for the <laughs> Detroit Lions for all these years. And now he's finally playing for a 
quality team around him. Yeah. And I think I, the Rams are a more complete team, if you ask me. They've got a great defense. They've got a great secondary. They've got some great wide receivers as well. Cooper Cup is one of the best wide receivers that's burst onto the scene this year. They've yeah. got Odell Beckham Jr. They've got a decent running game as well. They've got one of the best defensive players in the league in Aaron Donald. They are stacked. They got Vaughn Miller. They're built for the Super Bowl. They went all in for the Super Bowl this year. And then you've got a team like the Cincinnati Bengals who are just riding the lightning. Mm-hmm. No one expected them to be here. Mm-hmm. Nope. They've got Joe Burrow, the young Joe Burrow, who is just starting to become one of the most popular quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but I just don't think they have enough in, in a game like this to get mm-hmm. over the hump and win this game. So I got the Rams 24 to 17, but guess yep. what? With our DraftKings Sportsbook app sponsor, you can have a lot of fun no matter who you're taking. <laughs> Mike Twitter is going to say, I got to keep it black and orange and root for the Bengals. All right, yep. so that's who Mike Twitter is taking. He said, he said, and I live in Bengals territory. Yeah, it is Bengals territory. Yeah, right? including his brother-in-law who I, might come after him. Oh, man. he's yeah. If he <laughs> if he hears this, he's going to be like, how could you do that? Yeah. He'll be all right, though. They, they, <laughs> they've be been right. horrible. They've been horrible for several years, so he's probably really super pumped. So, All right. Cool. Yes, yeah, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and up minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible game, gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER. And also... If you don't have the sports book available yet in your state, there's still a lot of fun you can have. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. And also, you can play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest, also for Super Bowl 56, which a lot of your big betters, mm-hmm. that the people who don't like to do that kind of stuff, the Daily Fantasy is a great option for you at the DraftKings yep. Sportsbook app. There's a lot of these fun little prop bets, these fun little contests yeah. you can get in on. Not a lot of uh, – uh, it's it's not as much like gambling. So mm-hmm. I know gambling's not for everybody. There's other stuff you can find at the DraftKings Sportsbook yeah. app where you can have a lot of fun. So yeah. everyone go do that. And we are going to have a lot of fun watching the Super Bowl this Sunday. You got uh, Rich, what are your Super Bowl plans? I don't know. We haven't, haven't uh, made any decisions or anything. Probably not much. I, I'm not sure what's happening, truthfully. We usually go hang out over at my in-laws and watch it, but there you go. Not sure. Well, I, I am going to be serving the public at my uh, at my wow. day job. Let's just call it that. Um, we'll have all the games on. We're doing a lot of fun specials um, we should in get Nashville. To watch it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, it'll still be on. But, um, yep. yes, I will be serving the public for that one. All right. Yep. Let's get into the next segment of Catfish and Ice, and that is – this is episode 104 with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe, your host. We've still got our buddy Max Ritz coming at the end of the episode. You are going to check out his awesome interview that we had with him earlier this yep. week. That will be at the end of episode 104 if you download the podcast, or you can check it out in its entirety on our YouTube channel right now. So yep. go do that. All right, so let's do our battle for the central power rankings for this week. Ooh. 
And uh, I know Oof. all of our minds are on the Preds after they lost the Stars last week or last night. But before we get to the Preds ranking, let's go ahead and start at number eight and work our way down. And <laughs> Arizona. Let's talk about Arizona, though, because we always talk I about know, them. Yeah, yeah, yes, they're just still number eight, but it's actually official now. For like a good for at least three seasons, they're going to be playing at Arizona State's brand new, very much smaller college arena. And honestly, I think it's going to be kind of cool. Five thousand seats, I think, is what it holds. And I think there's also there's been a little bit of um, pushback on that. Some people have tried to say they can fit up to eight or nine thousand. Oh, but cool. E- but either way, it's not. Think about how much smaller that is. That's like half the size of most arenas. Yep. So I, I actually think it's going to be kind of cool, though, to see a team playing I mean, like a, a very small arena, and the fans are probably going to be a, feel like they're a lot closer to the action. And who knows? Maybe it could actually be a weird thing. I don't know. Like, but uh, it might be good for them. You know, they're they're doing this rebuild um, thing, so this will be a good opportunity for them to rebuild their team. And then when they do get into a full size arena, maybe the rebuild will be over, and they'll be. Uh, Rich, the rebuild is going to last for at least another 10 years. You don't think it'll be over in three seasons? No, they're that bad. It might take 10 years. Oh, they – yeah. Yep, I agree. There might be like two or three new NHL expansion teams already introduced to the league before Arizona gets out of this rebuild. So anybody who wants to jump on a hockey team, if you want to get in at ground level – Arizona Coyotes Arizona is your team. team. Arizona is definitely your team. You will never sure. be accused of being a bandwagon fan. Of course. Well, and, and they they the last time the Preds played the Coyotes in Arizona, there were some diehard fans that I already said. I was like, wow, those are some of the most diehard fans you'll ever see, those fans that were at that Coyotes game. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, but the Coyotes are definitely at number eight still in our power yep. rankings. I think they've been number eight all year, haven't they? I think so. They've got a one-game win streak going, though. Oh, good for them. Yep. All right, so they're 12-31-4. They did beat the Colorado Avalanche. That's their crown achievement of the season. But, uh, yep. yeah, they're still – they're just – they're way back. They're way, way back, back, and everyone yep. knew it. Even the front office knew it was going to be this bad, probably. Yep. At least they were honest with their fan base mm-hmm. when they told them, like, hey, we're going to be terrible this year. Just, yep. Just deal with it. Hey, it is what it is. What are you going to do? All right, so I made a really, really bold decision last week, and I moved the Blackhawks up to number six. Yep. I am striking that back. (laughs) I fully regret that I ever moved them up to number six. They were playing a little bit better at the time, but they're back to number seven where they belong. They're on a one-game win streak. They are 17, 23, and 7 on the season with 41 points. They've played the same amount of games as the Preds and the Coyotes this year, but they're 47 points or 41 points. They're four points behind Winnipeg for sixth place in the division, but uh, I don't think they're anywhere close to being as good as Winnipeg, even though (laughs) I don't think Winnipeg's very good either, but I can't put them ahead of Winnipeg. I was wrong to put them ahead of Winnipeg last week, honestly, but I did it, and – that's they right. showed they showed me that was a bad choice. So the yep. Blackhawks, they're staying at number seven for me. And hopefully yep. me too. I just I just wish that somehow the Coyotes would catch them and the Blackhawks had to finish in eighth place. 
Like <laughs> I want all the misery possible for the Blackhawks. Every possible yeah. misery that can happen. But uh, the only the only thing I don't seven. like about that is is I really like Mark Andre Fleury. Poor guy. Well, you know, he, he he's he's considered on one of the trade blocks here. Like, yeah. a lot of people are saying, like, that the Blackhawks could dish him out. And I really That's hope – that would be one of the nicest things that the Blackhawks organization could do this year is save mm-hmm. Marc-Andre Fleury, do him a favor, get him the hell out of there, send him to anywhere other than there, send him to Arizona for all I can <laughs> but get him the hell out of that <laughs> – crappy organization yeah they're so bad in front of him that's what sucks is it's just it's horrible i hate it for him hate it for him but anyway so you had chicago at seven went winnipeg at six winnipeg's at six yes winnipeg's on a one game win streak as we're getting ready to see winnipeg on saturday though they beat minnesota to keep minnesota at bay well, so Winnipeg's one. Of, well, hey, Winnipeg's thank one of those teams that um, we've been saying this for a while. They should yeah. be way better than what their record is. I mean, that's kind of what Winnipeg is. I mean, it's not yeah. like they don't have players who can make things happen for their team. Yeah, thank you, Winnipeg, for beating Minnesota. Let's not that's thank right. them just yet, Rich. Let's get well, past Saturday before we give them thanks, any kind of thanks, thank you. Thanks for beating Minnesota. That's what I'll say. All not, right. not sure. thank you. I don't love them or nothing. So. All right, so after last night's game where the Stars beat the Preds, I'm actually moving St. Louis down to number four. Wow. And I'm moving the Stars up to number – or I'm moving I'm moving St. Louis back to five, and I'm moving the Stars up to number four. All right. I made a switcheroo there. Yeah. I've been, very, on, I've been very honest about it all year. I don't believe in St. Louis. Yeah. I, I I left them at five and then left St. Louis at four, but St. Louis hasn't played in a long time. Like they've played, like I don't think they've played in like two weeks, and they lost to Winnipeg. Thank you, Winnipeg again. You beat St. Louis, so um, yeah. I mean, they're kind of interchangeable, I guess. But you're you're probably more on point with it than I am. Um, putting St. Louis in fifth. A really good team in the Central Division is not going to make the playoffs. Let's just go ahead and say that right now. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be St. Louis. I don't know if it's going to be the Preds. I don't know if it's going to be Minnesota. I don't think it's going to be Minnesota. I don't. It might even end up being Winnipeg. Winnipeg might go on this crazy run down the stretch, and then they just come up just short. But someone who is a really good team in this division is not going to make the playoffs. Yep. And that's kind of what we're trying to sort out here with our rankings. But uh, all right, so I've got – I moved Dallas up to number four. Yep. Because I do think that they really played an impressive game last night against the Preds, and they actually could have played even better and really made that not such a close game on the scoreboard. I'm being objective here. I can't stand the Stars, but i got to give credit where credit's due. They really had plenty of scoring chances in that game. They had plenty of opportunities to make that a a six to three final score, a five to two final score, but the Preds kept clawing to their yep. credit. But the Stars are one of those teams where if they catch fire at the right time, 
they could very well end up making a push for a top three spot in the division. They're not so far back that they can't make up no. for it yet. They're, oh, they're, absolutely. But they're going to have to play near perfect hockey. Like they can't have any more losing streaks, long yeah. losing streaks. But the, I mean, the, the margin for error for them is very, very small, but they can do it. Yep. So I got them at number four. Let's get into our top three of the division right now. And I'm putting the Preds at number three. They're no longer number two. two. No longer number two for me. Um, For me to keep the Preds at number two, they've got to be a team like the Stars. I I just got done praising the Stars in a way. But if you're going to stick around at the number two spot in our power rankings, you got to come out and and win a game like that against a team that's in desperation mode. You got to strike while the iron's hot and further bury a team that's going to be dangerous if you let them back into this race. And the Preds didn't do it. They didn't play their game. They came out sloppy, didn't (laughs) figure things out, and it led to a few Stars goals in that game. Could have been a lot worse. So I'm I'm, I'm knocking them back a peg this week. I'm putting them at number three. All is not lost. I'm not saying that we should just be panicking and freaking out yet. It's just one game. And the Preds have shown that they can respond to losses very well. We'll see what happens against Winnipeg on Saturday. That's a game where they better respond like they have in the past. But uh, mm-hmm. they're at number three for me. Yep, me too. Um, I made a note, bad look losing to Dallas. It was definitely a bad look. And they are 4-4-2 four, four and two in their last mm-hmm. 10. So I don't really care for that too much either. Very mediocre. That's not good. Yeah. yeah. No, they're – yeah. So the, the win streak that they had going put them in second and – that's the only reason why they're still in second is because they did so good for so and long. What do you, and what do you like to say, Rich? You always like to say this team doesn't do well when they get long breaks. That is exactly what I wrote. They can't have days off. So, yeah, they need to be playing. Well, that, is, that doesn't spell very good fortunes for us this month because the Preds get a lot of breaks this month, Rich. They do. They absolutely do. Um, Fortunately, though, it's like two days and three days, and it's not, let's see, one, seven days. They had like a week off. So, yeah. All um, right. So, gotta, I think we're, so I think it's pretty clear here what we're doing. We're bumping Minnesota both to number two. Yep. And the yep. big thing about Minnesota is if you look at it, they played the fewest games in the division, yep. and they're still so number far. three. Mm hmm. They're yep. still number three in the division. They've played the fewest games in the entire division. They've played five fewer games than the Preds. The, all the COVID uh, pauses that happened for some of these teams, it hit different different teams differently. We had more postponed games than other teams. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota really went through a lot of postponements there for a while. And yeah. so they're, they're still hanging around, even though they have so many games to make up for. Yeah. And – well, they're um, eight, one, and one in their last ten. Yeah, but I think we looked at it last week, and a lot of those wins were like, can they like against like Montreal, and they played Chicago a couple times, I think, and beat them, and still strong though. I mean, eight, one, and one is really good. No we're, I mean, we're play. waiting to see what they're really all about. I mean, they've only mm-hmm. played two games. Yeah, they've only played two games since. January 30th. Yeah. So, yeah, they're really about to make up a lot of games. You look at their upcoming schedule. They play Carolina on Saturday. That's going to be a really good game to watch. Mm -hmm. 
that's appointment viewing right there. Yeah, I think that's a really, really quality matchup between two team, two really good teams. So they'll get a good test there against Carolina on Saturday to see what they're really all about. But they're number two, and of course, we don't see them getting dethroned anytime soon in Colorado <laughs> Avalanche right number one. 9-0-1 oh, in their last 10. I mean, it's just amazing. If they, if are, they get bounced, if they if something happens they, they lose in the first round of the playoffs. They are in the midst of a heavyweight matchup right now against Tampa Bay, and they're winning oh, two yeah. to one. They're up two oh, to one. There you go. Lennon yeah. Skog Ooh. has a goal tonight. Kucherov has a goal for Tampa to make it two to one. But uh yeah. That's a game that we might yeah. have to turn on before we close out this episode. That we're gonna keep an eye okay. on that game. That's a that's a that's a potential Stanley Cup preview right there. It sure is. Yeah, you're right. Colorado and Tampa. Colorado's got 24 shots on goal, and Tampa Bay only has 10. That's crazy. Yep. Wow. That's insane. Good stuff there. What a matchup. Yeah, like I the said. Mighty, the mighty avalanche. Stanley Cup Rolled preview, on. very possible there. Yep. All right, that's our battle for the Central Power Rankings. Let's go yep. ahead and do our NHL quick hitters of the week before we get to Max Ritz of the Squadcast to close yep. out episode. 104. Yep. Rich, how about you give us our first NHL quick hitter of the week? So the first one that I came up with is kind of Boston-centric is Brad Marchand getting suspended for six give games. Me, I really want to know all your thoughts about that entire <laughs> situation because I know you're, you like the <sighs> Boston Bruins. You like yeah, – you, you appreciate – you like Marchand. But, uh, he got a little bad, poorly. That was – he Yeah, he um, – he must have been in a bad mood because there was another before that incident happened. Um, Tristan Jari was had a puck and he was going to throw it over the glass to a, a Penguins fan. Marshan just snagged it and like they were just at it all night. And then Marshan actually hit him in the side of the head with his in his helmet. And then as he was being ushered off the ice, he poked Jari in the mask with his stick. Um, yeah, that's not, that's not good. And he got such a long suspension because of past, um, suspensions. I think it it said tonight or with this suspension, he's the, uh, had the most suspensions in the NHL. That's Chris Pronger. Yeah. So it's, it's it's his eighth career suspension in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, So so he's the most suspended player. So past history really didn't do him any favors in this one. But it really was a bad look, Rich. Let's just be honest here. Absolutely. And and there there must be something personal going on between those two for him to act that way, especially slapping the puck when he's just trying to toss it. You could tell he was frustrated. And honestly, I'd be very interested to see if he ends up eventually kind of apologizing maybe. I know hockey players are tough and gritty (laughs) and they never want to show any kind of weakness. Yeah. But uh, maybe not apologize to uh, to Tristan Jari, but at least yeah. apologize a little bit for losing his cool because he clearly did that. Yeah. Something well, sparked him. Something got under his skin. He lost his emotions yeah. and because that was not a good look at all. It did not look great at all. Well, another thing was a lot of people were saying, given the Penguins players a bunch of grief because they didn't like – stick up for Jari at all. Like there wasn't, there wasn't anything done after he did that. Like they, they wrestled around a little bit 
and that was the end of it. And I just, I was really shocked that they didn't like yeah. take up for him or whatever. So, yeah. So that <clears throat> kind of leads to, so, um, Mike Twitter just said the Bruins lost tonight, six, nothing. So they lost Patrice Ooh. Bergeron. He's out, man. Bad and, times for the Bruins right now. And then, yeah. So they've got like posture and Craig Smith are like, they're, you know, saving grace. But, um, yeah. So Carolina hurricanes right now are just, <laughs> They're the, Colorado, nothing, they're, they're the Colorado Avalanche, maybe of the uh, absolutely of the East. Yeah. So then that that brought brings us to the other real quick quick hitter was Tuka Rask actually retired because of mm-hmm. injury. Um, I looked up some stats for him. So he, he had 308 wins, 564 games. His career save percentage is 0.921, and his goals against average for career is 2.28. That is Pretty really strong. strong. That is really yeah, good so, for a career. That is that is really yeah, good. Yeah, he won the Vesna in 2013, and they <clears throat> he does have a Stanley Cup in from 2011, but he was a backup then. But it's I mean it still counts as him having a Stanley Cup. So mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like Boston. I like Boston. Bad week for those guys. I mean it's it's the hits just keep coming. I would I would not be shocked if the coach doesn't get fired at the end of the season because they're just, they're not yeah. playing up their potential. Well, I want to share this from Jay. This is kind of goes along with the Tuka Rask thing right now. Um, Jay Fresh, who does all the really cool fan votes. He does all mm-hmm. the uh, analytics and the player cards. I really encourage everyone to go follow um, Jay Fresh Hockey oh, cool. at Jay Fresh Hockey on, on Twitter. <clears throat> He's been on the show before. He uh, asked a question and got over a thousand fan votes uh, on this question. Who should make the Hockey Hall of Fame based on oh. post-lockout goalies? So this is like after 2011, yep. 2012. And so you're, you're seeing a lot of really great goaltenders on this list. And it really gives you an idea of how spoiled we were with yeah. so many outstanding goaltenders over the past decade during the, time, during the time when Pecorine was making his rise. Mm-hmm. And you look at this list. So of these fan votes, 93% voted yes on Hen- Henrik Lundqvist. 86% voted yes on Marc-Andre Fleury. No qualms about either one of those two being Hall of Fame. No, I think that's, that's a given. right on the money. Roberto Luongo <laughs> got 84%. Uh, Carey Price, 80%. And then we got Tuka Rask. Just talked about Tuka Rask uh, retiring. He only got 59%. That's weird for Hall of Fame. That's really strange. You've got Jonathan. You got Jonathan Quick at forty six percent said he should be in the Hall of Fame. Pekka Rene <laughs> only got forty two percent. Let's turn it. Let's turn this into a quick little uh, debate here. Yeah. I I think Pekka Rene, personally. I think Pekka Rene should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think it should all be about cups because winning a Stanley Cup is a team award. Yep. And, but unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, they don't vote that way. <clears throat> no. Historically speaking, they don't. Mm-mm. And if you're asking me straight up right now, do I think Pecorine will be in the Hall of Fame ever? I'm going to say no. We can go ahead and turn it into that confidence level thing that we just did. I would say like a two. I just yeah, don't think he's going to make it. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a Stanley Cup. He only has one Vezina trophy. And his numbers are outstanding. His career numbers are awesome. He's a class act. He's the arguably the best finished born goaltender of all time. But unfortunately, you got to have a Stanley Cup, historically speaking, 
uh, to make it into the Hall of Fame as a goaltender. And yep. he just never was able to win one, which which just sucks. I wish the Predators could have figured out a way to win one for him. But forty-two uh, percent uh, of the voters gave it. That, that actually seems kind of high for me. I'm kind of yeah. surprised that many people voted for him. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with everything you just said. I wish he could get one. He deserves it. But Mike Twitter makes a good point, and the Nashville market. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. It's some tough. other vote, some other goaltenders on this list that are like didn't get a lot of votes. You've got Braden Holtby, only got five percent. You've got well, Tim Thomas, twenty five percent. Sergey Bobrovsky only got thirteen percent. Ryan Miller only got twenty six percent. Ryan Miller was a really good goaltender too through the years, yeah. if you remember watching him. But yeah, that Braden, really Holtby, that Braden Holtby one's interesting because he actually does have a cup. Exactly. <laughs> and, so but, it's, but just, it's, uh, with, it's like Alex Ovechkin. So I guess they're not yeah. given him any credit <laughs> so look funny. at this though this, now this is something that really boosts pecorine's credentials pecorine was a vesna finalist four times in his career yeah of all those goaltenders we just listed only henrik lundqvist had more vesna finalist nominations than him henrik lundqvist had five yeah all go. those other goaltenders had three or less. Pecorino was the only one that had four. I mean, so maybe I, I, you put that check into uh, in favor of him going to the Hall of Fame when you see that he was a Vezina finalist four times, and unfortunately, he only won once out of those four times. Yeah, yeah. I think we did an episode about this. We talked about this before <clears throat> and broke it all down because a lot like. Even Tukarask, like we said, he he does have a Stanley Cup, but it was a back. He was a backup. Oh, this so, is, this list yeah. is so. This list keeps getting more and more interesting, Rich. So, of all of these goaltenders, credit to Jay Fresh for putting out this oh, chart. Yeah. This is really good stuff. Yeah. So, of all of these goaltenders who are on this list, Henrik Lundqvist does not have a cup. We yep. And the big that. debate is if Henrik gets in, then Pecker should get in. I'm totally on board with that. If you put Henrik Lundqvist in, you have to put Pecorino in. I do agree with that. I agree. I agree 100%. But let's look I at this. He's getting some let's New York Rangers um, love for, for, for that, uh, it sounds but let's like let's look at this. So Jonathan Quick has two Stanley Cups, but yeah. he only got 46% of the vote or yeah. 46% voting for him. Corey Crawford – has only 24% thinking he should be in the Hall of Fame, and he won two Stanley Cups. Yeah. That, mm. So it's, that tells you it shouldn't just be about Stanley Cups. I'm just telling you what I think the voters will do. I'm not saying yeah. that I feel like Pecor- Pecorino should be in the Hall of Fame. No, if you ask yeah. Me. I but, agree uh, that with that 100%. Interesting stuff there. That was a really good chart that <clears> made me think about it when he brought up Tuka Rask. But, yeah, Tuka, not to change this from Tuka Rask. No, no. Uh, another really – outstanding yep. goaltender from this era of hockey that we were just all really lucky to watch. Mm-hmm. He was yep. one of the best. Absolutely. Yep. And then let's talk about team USA here in the oh, Olympics man. real quick. Uh, so uh, team USA women, let's go to them first. They went up against team Canada. You're talking heavyweight matchup. This was the preliminary round. So yep. they will probably end up facing each other again. But in the yep. preliminary round, Team Canada got the first laugh. They went four to two 
over the, the USA women. Team USA women had a two to one lead in this game at one point in the second period, yep. but Canada came back with three un- unanswered goals to get the win in the preliminary round. But uh, was still really good hockey, really fun. I watched the whole thing. Uh, I do think that it's going to be a really great rematch, most yeah, likely between these two teams, probably for the gold medal. I would and say so. It's gold medal or bust for these two teams. We all know it. Neither one of these teams are going to be happy with a silver medal. No. But one and of them they, has to take it. Yeah. And they don't, I don't think they really like each other either. Like, oh, no. Because they know. I, I've seen like lots of animosity between those two teams. It's well, because crazy. they know that, you know, in the, the women's hockey landscape, it's 1A and 1B. It's Canada yep. and it's USA and then it's everybody yep. else. Absolutely. But so the USA women, their next game will be against the Czech Republic. It will be the first time they've ever played the Czech Republic on the international stage, which is kind of surprising. But that's going to be a quarterfinal matchup. So that's the the uh, Team USA women's next game. So we will that's be cool. rooting them on and watching them. And then yep. the Team USA men's team yeah. opened up their Winter Olympics action with an 8-0 drubbing of Team China. The, the powerhouse hockey country of China. Yep. <laughs> Which I did see, Rich, that all of <laughs> Team China's team, uh, a lot of their players are KHL players. So there is something oh, to that. There is something to that. surprised me. But um, uh, I know that it's China, and I know that Team USA should easily win that game. But I do think that there's something to be impressed by, that they won eight to nothing. You're talking about a roster of players who've never played with each other, they yep. got thrown together at the last minute once the Olympics uh, got canceled for the NHL players. So yep. you're ta- and you're talking about a lot of really young players who just got thrown into this situation. Yep. And so to, to win eight nothing, I'm sorry. I know it's against China. I still think it's impressive, and I'm yep. still uh, very happy about that final score. That's yep. if the, they would have um, if they would have barely won the game. Let's say they would have it would have been like a four to two or three to two win. Then I'd be yeah. like, "Wow, that's not a good look." But to, they went out and yep. took care of business, and just yep. the goaltender was um, <clears throat> Chicago Blackhawks prospect Drew Comesso yes. with the eight zero shutout. So mm-hmm. that's pretty strong. Uh, Twenty nine saves for him. Yep, the uh, Canada men's team beat Germany five to one, and Canada and the United States are going to face off tomorrow night. Yes, Clint, Clint has a good point about the women's game. Dominated the game, couldn't get the puck in. I liked them in the rematch. Outshot them 53-27. to 27, So Yeah, so I think he's talking about the USA women's team there. Women, yeah. That's yeah. a good note there. I didn't realize that the shot totals were that. Yeah, I didn't either. 53 shots on goal, wow, from Team yeah. USA. Just couldn't get it in. That happens. All right, yeah. Sign me up for that rematch. It'll be a yeah, good one. I definitely one. want to watch that. Going back to the men's team here, their next game is also against Canada. Yep. So you're talking about a big step up in competition there, Rich. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you got uh, <clears throat> yeah. Sean for Sean uh, Farrell uh, had five points in this game. He is he was a 2020 <laughs> pick by the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. And then uh, Matty Berniers is the really big player of this team. He was yep. the second overall pick by the Seattle Kraken in yep. the past draft, and he had a really good sniper highlight reel type of goal in this yep. game as well. 
So that was a uh, it was good to get them see them yeah. off on the right foot there. Yeah, it was important and for them to do that. One more quick hitter before we get to Max Ritz here in episode 104, and we yep. close out our main segment of the show, and that is. It looks like it's starting to burn down a little bit in Edmonton there, Rich. They fire their coach. Things yeah, are getting dicey day. out there. What do you think about that? They went and hired a new coach pretty quick, but uh, they fired Dave Tippett. And, uh, I mean, he's he had he's had a decent record for them. 95 wins, 62 losses, and 14 overtime losses over his career, which seems really good. It seems solid. But mm-hmm. in Edmonton, they expect Stanley Cups with this roster. They don't expect good they, regular seasons. You got to produce in the playoffs, yeah. and they're having a really rough season right now. So, I mean, they fire him. They're like, "Look, we got to move on." Yeah. I was a little bit, I was a little bit surprised, Rich. I got to be honest. I kind of was a little bit too because <clears throat> I know they had a stretch where they lost like I don't even remember six, seven, eight games in a row, something stupid. And it seemed like they were kind of turning it back around, but I guess it just wasn't good enough. I mean, they've got two of the best players in the NHL. I guess that, you know, they're going to expect more, obviously, when you have those two guys. So I guess they felt it was time, but I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I'm just seeing from the front office that they were a lot. Front office, I'm seeing from Edmonton, I'm, I'm seeing something where it's like, look, we're desperate here. We're, mm-hmm. we're in danger of not even making the playoffs. Forget about winning a Stanley Cup this year. We might not even make the playoffs. Yeah. They are in fifth, yeah. they're in fifth place in the in the Pacific Division with 49 points. They're they're yep. still right there. They're only six points out of third place. But I mean, it's getting yeah. it's getting to that point where they could actually miss the playoffs. And the running joke with the Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, too, is they can't win the first round or they can't win the second round. They always choke in the playoffs. Well, you're looking at the Oilers. They might not even make the playoffs. How I, I just w- look at that situation and wonder how long it is before Connor McDavid wants out of there. Like, I just, I just, it's just he's wasting away. You know what I mean? Like he plays awesome, and you see all these cool highlights, but like he's not. Like, yeah, they're they're just not good. <laughs> I mean, they're just for he's, some he's reason going to go somewhere. Good. He's going to go yeah. to a big market team. I'm, I'm calling it right now. He's going to go somewhere big market. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He'll end up – I don't know where he'll go. It's too soon to say. But eventually, he he will not close out his career in Edmonton. He's going to go somewhere big market. Big market team somewhere. <laughs> That's funny Mike. Tw- what Mike Twitter said. <laughs> the league's got to gotta want him out of there too. Yeah, oh, I guarantee that. Yeah, just, just as much as they want uh, Tor- Toronto to win – because of Austin Matthews. So. Mm-hmm. Those are big names. All right. We appreciate everyone watching episode 104 live with us on our yep. YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching yep. right now. We'd really appreciate it. Give us a review on any of the podcast platforms. We appreciate that as well. Follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. We are going to get ready to send you to our interview with Max Ritz of the Squadcast, our old friend of the show. We're going to talk cred ceiling with him. We're going to talk about what the next month looks like. We're going to get into some Forsberg contract talks with Max as well. You're going to have to download the podcast tomorrow if you're watching live right now or go watch it on our YouTube channel. It's posted right now as well. Until then, everyone have a great week. Enjoy the interview with Max Ritz. We appreciate you watching. This is episode 104 of Catfish on Ice.
And welcome back into uh, episode 104 of Catfish on Ice. This is your host, Chad Mitten. And we've got an old-time friend, an old-time guest rejoining the podcast. And that is Max Ritz of the Squadcast. Very well-noted Preds fan, but also a very well-noted Los Angeles Rams fan. So he's feeling pretty good this week. I can already see it in his face. How are you doing, Max? It's really good to catch up with you again. Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Chad. I hope the same to you as well. I hope uh, everything is going well. And yeah, it's a great time to be a sports fan in my world right now with uh, the way the Preds are rolling and obviously the Rams do to make uh, an appearance in the Super Bowl. It's a fantastic time to be a sports fan in my world for sure. Well, we'll talk about your Rams in the Super Bowl to end the segment here, but I gotta say I'm riding with your Rams. I think they're going to win. I hope I don't jinx them, but I think it's time for Matt Stafford to uh, finally get his due and get a Super Bowl because he deserves one. That 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 player definitely deserves one. Oh, I echo your sentiments entirely, my friend. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. So Max Ritz is joining us, friend of the show. Uh, we talked to him on a lot of, a lot of occasions about the Preds. He's a big Preds fan up in Canada, and also is a co-host on the Squadcast. They cover all different range of sports on their shows. So go check them out as well. Uh, but we want to get you in, Max, to talk, obviously, some Preds hockey here. We haven't talked to you in, in a while about some Preds hockey, so I really want to get caught up on all your opinions that's going on right now. And first, let's get it rolling here with this. What is your ceiling for this team now that we see where they're at? We're going into the post-All-Star break here. We're after the All-Star break. This is when things really start ramping up. We're about to get into trade season, so we're about to see a lot of different players move around. I really want to know, realistically speaking, what is your ceiling for this Preds team right now? Uh, honestly, Chad, and you know what, and I'm sure that we'll talk about specific players a little bit later, but it's as far as UC Soros can take them, which I mean, if he continues on his 70 plus game pace uh, in terms of appearances for the season, which I know uh, we're not exactly expecting of starting goaltenders across the National Hockey League this year. But if he stays on that pace, if he continues to maintain the performance level that he's had thus far, I could see a second or third place finish in the central for the Preds. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing to see what 74 brings to this team every single night. And just the, the reliance on him makes me a little bit nervous. And that's maybe why I'm a little bit mm-hmm. uh, conservative in my projection of them, maybe falling out of uh, uh, their current place in the standing. Obviously there's some games that need to be made up over this next couple of weeks here due to the, uh, the Omicron variant kind of sweeping its way through the NHL a little bit before Christmas. But if, uh, if 74 stays strong between the pipes, I think we're for sure conservatively looking at a second or third place finish in the central, which again, certainly uh, is, is yeah. definitely higher than I think both of us. No, for sure. Coming into the season. So it's just fantastic as far as. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to, pretend that I predicted this and most people probably aren't being honest if they're saying they saw the Preds challenging for second place in the division but it's still a very tight race as it usually is in this division you still got the Blues there you still got the Dallas Stars who are not out of it yet they could reach their potential then they're going to get in the mix of course we've got the Minnesota Wild the Avalanche seem to be running away with things a little bit as everyone did expect Mm -hmm. so uh the division title is probably a little bit far-fetched at this point, but um, definitely um, second place would be amazing because that means they would have a uh, home ice advantage in the first round, which would be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it, let's extend that question then to once they're in the playoffs. Do you mm-hmm. think if they suffer another first-round defeat, then this season is a failure, 
or do you think that like do you think they have to get to the second round this season, showing what their potential is and how they're performing? Uh, how do you feel about that, Max? You, you know what? To be quite honest, Chad, I think it really depends on how David Poyle approaches the trade deadline. Um, if he divests some expiring assets and looks to continue along the true competitive retooling as he branded it before the season. Um, I, again, I think honestly, when we go back to the expectation levels of the fan base, I want to talk about the expectation levels of the organization. I think that we would be remiss or, or off course to say that even David Poyle uh, expected this level of performance from this group especially with Cody Glass not making as big of an impact off of Ryan Ellis trade. Um, some of the moves, Philippe Myers, again, same thing, is starting to find his groove a little yes. bit as, as time has gone on, but uh, it's definitely not been uh, the the fastest start to his Preds career. So I don't think anybody was really expecting um, UC Saros and co, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlund really returning to these elite levels that we expected them to be for the last number of years. Um, like I said, it all comes back to what David Poyle does at the trade deadline here. If he gets rid of a first round pick, if he gets rid of future assets that signals that he's all in on this year, mm -hmm. uh, then that's going to be one of those things where the expectation meter dials up a little bit. Absolutely. You're yeah. looking at a second rounder bust type of year. For if sure. we're looking at sacrificing some future assets, but by all things considered, I mean, with the way that the way that the stars have uh, supposed to be performing for this team, I'm talking again about the Matt Duchesne's, Ryan Johansson's. If they can keep this up, there might not be the need to divest of any of those future assets. It's just believe in the group that you have, yeah. continue to roll, uh, and whatever happens, happens. But again, it really and again, we're going to say his name about 15 more times in the next 20 <laughs> minutes. So I apologize. It all depends on number 74, UC Soros, and if he performs even. I would say at 85% of what he did against the Carolina Hurricanes next year or in this year's playoffs, mm -hmm. should they get there, knocking on the wood vehemently. Um, <laughs> if, if he's even able to play again at that 85% of that level that he did last year, I think the Preds are for sure looking at a chance to win a round, maybe even sneak out too. We know how important goaltending is going to be, not just down the stretch, but obviously once you get into the tournament, um, that's going to be the main thing that the Predators have to focus on is keeping him healthy, keeping him rested down the stretch. And again, that'll speak to what David Poyle needs to maybe address at the trade deadline here, or maybe some promotions internally. Uh, we'll see what happens, but they yeah. got to keep 74 firing on all cylinders and keep him in this zone that uh, he is extended into since he uh, officially took over the mantle from Pekka Rene. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I think about the playoffs and like I said, assume they, they got to still, even though we're seeing that over 90% playoff chances by all the prediction models, but that doesn't mean anything. It's still a really close race, obviously. But uh, I do think that this roster, the way they play for each other, the way they get contributions up and down the lineup yeah. with your Tanner Janos and with your all these different players, Yakov Trenin, just these different players who play for each other up and down the lineup. There's no egos. There's no – you really get a team-first mentality from this full team, and that's going to serve you very well when you get into a grueling – playoff series and so i really feel good depending on the team they draw in that first mm -hmm. round i think they got a good chance to win a, a playoff series this year i don't think that's uh getting too crazy at all to to, to expect that out of this team Absolutely. but like you just said max it's really all about what they do at the trade deadline and we still got so much time uh mm -hmm. almost two months until the trade deadline about a month and a half away and so a lot of hockey still has to be played and that's going to really push David Poyle one way or the other. Uh, I think that if the predators continue in this current spot in the standings, 
I think he's going to be very tempted to not do anything and roll the dice on what his team's doing. But if they start slipping back a little bit and things start becoming a little shaky, I could actually see that make him want to make an addition to the mm-hmm. lineup. Like, hey, I got to shake this up. I need someone to come in here and push us over the hump. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. All right. Speaking of that, we are in February now. The Predators have a pretty light schedule. They have a lot of breaks in between games this week. I was looking at the schedule the other day, and I was like, wow, they're gonna." there's no back-to-backs this month. But there is a caveat to it, and it's not mm-hmm. such a good one. They have a brutal set of opponents ahead of them this month. They, you know, They're playing Dallas to get back out of the All-Star break. But then, I mean, you look at this. They're going to play Florida. They're going to play Carolina. They're going to play the Capitals. They're going to play the Tampa Bay Lightning this month. I mean, they've got plenty of days in between. But, wow, that is what you would call murderer's row right there. And they're really going to be tested this month. What do you see? What Are you thinking that this is the month right here where they've got to at least hold serve? Because they could fall into that wild card position if they just completely fall flat this month against some of these really elite good teams. I think you absolutely nailed the terminology of a Chad, right? And that's hold serve, right? Find a way. And again, it's a good thing that it's February uh, and uh, relying on number nine to continue to put pucks in the net that at the, at the pace that he's doing. So um, I think the biggest thing, it might not even necessarily be the opponents. We, we've seen that the Predators have been able to handle upper echelon opponents. We've seen that they've been able to get up for those games, although it might not be the most exciting brand of hockey to win those games. It's winning hockey. And uh, they've obviously bought into John Hines and what he's truly bringing in terms of his mantra and his his game plan and strategies going forward which again is really exciting but i think the biggest thing that they're going to have to face is the the starts and the stops right them being uh one of if not the team that's played the most games in the league to date um again fortunately not being too impacted by covid but they're like you said it's going to be a hold serve mentality if they can find a way to even stay just above 500 this month especially coming out of the all-star break especially coming off of a long layoff we've seen the instagram posts of the boys going out and and enjoying some uh, i believe some golf getaways which is exactly what you want for team chemistry but Hopefully that translates back on the ice when they're looking to, to get back out of it here come Dallas uh, in their first game out of the break. But like I said, it's it's those stops and starts in the schedules, these three-day breaks after playing one game, the, the four-day breaks, the week-long layoff here, especially when you're playing good hockey like the Preds have been doing the last two months. That's the last thing you want. You just want to keep things going and keep things moving in the positive direction that you've That's generated true. for yeah. yourselves. And the opponents, I'm not too concerned about the opponents. Obviously going through the gauntlet of the old Central Division, the, the one-year break Central Division of the Carolina Hurricanes, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, who, as Rod Brindamore put it at the All-Star break, they are the juggernaut of the league. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how the Preds respond in these games. And obviously Dallas is going to be a tough test first one out of the gates. But with that being said, I think you nailed it in terms of the terminology. If they can hold serve, stay a little bit above 500, just continue playing the winning brand of hockey and not have gotten caught in a bit of a complacent mentality with this long layoff, I think the Preds are going to be just fine. I'm really looking ahead to March, and that's the one that really scares me, especially with all the uncertainty around Philip Forsberg's contract and what's going to happen if they even have to entertain the idea of moving him, which I don't think is going to be the case.
the case. Again, looking at those models that we previously touched on, um, seeing that they're going to likely land themselves in a playoff spot. Once again, knocking on the wood here. Um, it's just going to be really, really interesting to see again, this next stretch of games, if they're able to keep their heads above water and, and again, just not let the break beat them. I think that's the biggest thing. That'd be the headline that I'd put to it is don't let yeah. this break beat you find a way to stay above water, get a couple of nasty overtime wins, some three, two greasy goal, Nick cousins, Luke Cunning coming out of the corner, <laughs> just finding, finding ways to beat goaltenders. Let's grab a few wins here and see what the season continues to hold for us. For sure. You just brought up Phil Forsberg again. We're uh, being joined by Max Ritz of the Squadcast. So go check out the Squadcast and check out Max Ritz's work. Uh, friend of the show, we're happy to have him back. You just brought up Phil Forsberg. And he's what everyone is obsessing over right now in Smashville for good reason. Because there's so many different directions this can go. He could get traded. I don't think that's going to happen, but he could get traded. He could... Uh, be allowed to become an unrestricted free agent. And then it's like, just start the bidding war and see who can end up with them or option C, which is what I'm really keeping my fingers crossed and holding up out hope for is that David Poyle is working tirelessly behind closed doors to get this deal done. Even if that means you have to slightly overpay him, which is what you have to do when you have a superstar like this, who's playing this high of a level on a contract year, you just have to fork the money over. You got to take a little bit of a risk, but if put your GM hat on right now, Max Ritz, what would you do if you're in David Poyle's position? Uh, which one of those options would you take? What do you think uh, Poyle needs to be doing right now? Based on the last month and a half, Chad, I'm signing that guy. I'm rolling up the Brinks truck. I'm finding a way to get him paid. And I mean, ultimately, the Preds are in a, in a good position, right? We talked about the divestitures a little bit earlier when it comes to the Ryan Ellis's, right? Getting getting out from, I don't want to say getting out from under that contract. That'd be disrespectful to Ryan Ellis, who played a lot of good hockey here. But that $6.5 million opened up, opening up some money from the Victor Arvidsson deal. Things of that nature are really going to allow the Preds, the ball's in the Preds court right now. Ultimately, they've identified that they have a 27 year old I, again it's hard to put him in that superstar category just yeah. specifically for the the point production totals which again not is not necessarily all of his fault through through this point of his career but again when philip forsberg is on he is certainly in that superstar category in terms of, of power forwards in the nhl and i think the other thing that we're seeing now too right is again being aided by the help of a guy like Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, like these guys, their their level of play has elevated Philip Forsberg's level of play. And I know certainly for himself and his agent, it couldn't have come at a better time in the contract year. But again, this last month and a half, and it's not just the goals that he's scoring, it's the types of goals that he's scoring, right? These are, these are world-class plays. These are guys that you can't just find in the draft, especially at the place where the Predators are going to be drafting. Now, the other devil's advocate hat that I have on when it comes to it is the Predators have played good stretch of hockey when they've been missing Philip Forsberg yeah. in the last couple of seasons. But we all know that for the Predators, they kind of fall. And again, I certainly don't want to put them in the same categorization as the Toronto Maple Leafs, but we're at this point in their window where the regular season is expected to just kind of be a stepping stone to the playoffs and that playoff success. There was that taste in 2017. It's kind of been a bit of a steady decline, but they put up really, they put out really good regular season performances, yeah. albeit for the first half of last season. Uh, which uh, again, it just goes to show that you do need these players. You need these game yeah. breakers. And we talk about it all the time. I have about, how hard it is to acquire them in the draft. Um, you've got one in your stable right now. You got to find yeah. a way to keep them. And, and I think uh, this is, yeah, sorry, go I, ahead. I was just going to say real quick to piggyback off what you're saying, mm -hmm. 
how bad of a message would this send to future free agents and future uh, draft picks of the organization mm-hmm. and to the fan base in general and to the current roster mm-hmm. if you do not reward Philip Forsberg, pay him what he's owed, or yes. if you just let him become an unrestricted free agent, that sends a signal that no matter how important you are to this franchise, you're expendable. We're going to let you walk. It's it's not a winning mentality if you ask me from the front office at all. I know that a lot of fans are scared to death about long-term expensive contracts because of the recent history of Poyle messing up on some of these deals. But you've got to do what you got to do here. You've got to take risk. You've got to take care of your superstar. Even if he's not in that superstar NHL status quite yet, he's still your superstar. Absolutely. A hundred percent. He's arguably one of your best forwards you've ever had yes. on this team. Obviously Paul Korea and there's some other ones, but you're talking about Philip Forsberg who has been with this franchise his entire career. Mm-hmm. You've got to take care of this player. You've got to figure out a way to keep him here. Now, if it ends up coming out that Forsberg just decided he didn't want to play here anymore mm-hmm. and Poyle did everything he could and it just wasn't enough, then, then you live with it and Forsberg moves on. But uh, I just don't think that's the case. I think Forsberg wants to stay here. I, I, he comes off as a loyal uh, player to the organization and to this city. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see kind of the same thing, Max, that you feel like he's he's definitely – I mean, he, I could be completely misreading the situation, obviously, but uh, I just feel like if you pay him what he feels like he's owed and his camp's owed, he, he'll sign. I really feel that way. For sure. I think there's a couple of factors that go into it that definitely play in the Predators and Philip Forsberg's favor, really, when you break down what the logistics could be of a future deal, right? One, he certainly didn't want to go through a rebuild, right? He's he's seen the successful level of hockey that the Nashville Predators can play. And I think that this season is really giving him hope that there's a sustainable model here to be successful for at least the next two, three, maybe even four seasons where he really has a chance at a Stanley Cup. The next thing that you look at is the parallels of where the contracts could lie for him, right? I, I don't think that Philip Forsberg's going into the into David Poyle's office saying you need to pay me more than Roman Yossi. Uh, if that's the case, that's where maybe there's a bit of a, a misalignment on where things are going, but that's that 9.059 number. And then you look at the forwards that are contributing on this team, right? You look at the Matt Duchesne's, the Ryan Johansson's. He certainly deserves to be above them. I think that's just maybe a slotting pecking order message that you'd send. So I think at that 8.5, 8.75 million dollars, maybe, maybe right at 9 that's million the top dollars, of the mark that's probably Absolutely. the top of the mark yeah a hundred percent and again this is where having no state tax to pay is certainly a benefit uh when it comes to the nashville predators signing players and maybe acquiring a few more assets than other teams are able to uh i look at that nine million dollar chad mark I, I think over a long-term deal at 27 years old maybe the back half of the I'm deal a, doesn't look fantastic yeah. in terms of the age 35 and 36 seasons but i tell you what this is a guy that again you're not just going to replace in free agency you're not just going to replace at the draft this is where you look inwardly if you're david poyle and you say this is the guy that we're going to hedge a bet on and he's certainly worth doing so based on all that he's accomplished as a predator and all that there still could be to be accomplished as a nashville predator and he's a marketable guy, right? He's got the mustache. He's got the flashy ability on and off the ice. He's a fun guy to follow. And he has, as to your point, been a loyal predator through and through since he got to the organization. The trade that got George McPhee wired, or fired sorry, mm-hmm. in Washington yeah. uh, when he was running that team, that was the Philip Forsberg. Yeah, some, so. some newer fans of the team that maybe just started cheering for this team maybe within mm-hmm. the last year or so or whatever – they probably don't realize that Forsberg is not technically homegrown. He was yeah. stolen. 
highway robbery in every sense of the term by the Predators for Martin Erat, who was well past his prime. Yes. Nothing against Martin Erat. He was an yeah. outstanding player in his day, mm-hmm. and I'll always think about him as a Nashville Predator. But the fact that the pre- that the Capitals took Martin Erat, who never did anything for them, yeah. and they got a young Philip Forsberg is just – it blows my mind every time I think about it. But uh, that's why you have to keep this player here. You've got to yeah. do what you got to do. The Preds are in a very favorable cap situation, one of the most favorable in the league right now in terms of leverage and money to spend – uh, going also into the offseason. So mm-hmm. we're, everyone's talking about this shopping list for these teams and who should uh, teams be looking for. And my co-host, Rich Howe, in the last episode, you know Rich, he made a really good point. He goes, why are we shopping for other players? We already got our player in the shopping cart. We just have, to go to, the, we just have to go to the checkout lane. Exactly. Just do. go to the ATM, right? It's yeah, fine. Yeah, just pull out a little bit of money, pull out a yep. couple million dollars, you know, and, and do what you got to do. But I do exactly. think I do think Forsberg expects a long-term deal, obviously. Sure. At age 27, you've got to fully – whatever team he goes to, they're going to have to invest in him long-term. Let's go ahead and make it happen, David Poyle. I, I'm tired of obsessing over this, and I just want to, want to get it done. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately like, he's played up to it, right? That's the thing. Yeah. It's on on the player to perform in the contract year. I mean, and he's again, doing ob- he's he's completely doing it, and then some, right? And he's going to be a catalyst some. in in seeing exactly how far this team goes, right? We talk about number seventy four, number fifty nine, uh, in UC Soros and Romulsi respectively, but number nine has a heck of a lot to yeah. do with the success of, of this team going forward. You need that big game breaker goal, that big play. You're looking at number nine on that bench and you're saying, Hey, go get it done for us. And if he does that sure. a few more times, gets us through a round. I mean, yeah. again, the value only goes up and up and up, but I think there's some kind of levels to this game. And I think we're looking at, like you said, that $9 million over seven, eight years, that's a contract that sets him and his family up well for life. And in addition, gets the predators a really, really good, Long, another long-term play. That's and it sends cool. it sends a positive message mm-hmm. to future players who might want to come to this organization. Absolutely, that they value their players who who perform and rise up to to earn these deals. Absolutely. And so I, you've got to think about that too. So uh, and I'm and David Poyle is a really smart man. He's been doing this a long time, so I'm sure yeah. he knows that fully. All right, a lot of fun. Also, you always hear that this term, the big three. Right. Uh, all sports turns. Well, you got your big three, and you don't mm-hmm. want to lose one of one of your big three in Philip Forsberg. It's Forsberg, it's Yossi, it's Soros. That's your big three for this team. <laughs> if you lose one of your big three, then you might as well go ahead and say that we don't. We're not going to be competitive for a while. Just you got to get it done. All right, let's switch over to football here. It is Super Bowl week, of course. The Catfish Nice Podcast is presented by DraftKings, and DraftKings has a great offer for the Super Bowl for all of our listeners. But Max Ritz is a huge. Los Angeles Rams fan. And I can tell you right now, the Rams aren't as big of a surprise as the Bengals are, mm. but it's still a really interesting and unexpected Super Bowl matchup. No, not too many people out there said, oh yeah, my preseason Super Bowl prediction is the Bengals and the Rams. No, no way. But I expect a really good game. I'm not trying to butter you up here, Max, because you're a guest on the show. For sure. But I, my money's on the Rams. I think the Rams, I don't think they're going to win the game easy, but mm-hmm. I just think they're the more complete team. they got a great defense. They've got Matt Stafford, who I've always known was an elite-level quarterback. He was just suffering for a horrible franchise. And so I'm really happy for Matt Stafford. I've always thought he was a class act and a great leader. So I'll be really happy 
if he can get his Super Bowl win. And, I mean, really, I like both quarterbacks. I like mm-hmm. Joe Burrow a lot, too. He's really easy to cheer for. So, I'm expecting a really fun Super Bowl where I really don't hate either team. But if you're making me pick, I got your Rams. I got your back here, Max. I think your Rams are going to get a Super Bowl win. I love it, Chad. I, I like you said, it's it, all the support is great right now because the narrative that we've seen is all oh, the Bengals are America's team. Everybody loves the upstart quarterback, Joe Burrow, yeah. this and that. And you know what? It is a great story to cheer for. I, I absolutely love Joe Burrow myself. I, I mean, I don't want to say that too loudly. This is going public, right? No, I'm just yes, kidding. it's going public. <laughs> no, you know what? He, he's a great story to cheer for. And you know what? And this I've said this to my buddies that I've been watching the games with going throughout the playoffs and just paying attention to what's been going on in the AFC, obviously, as well. Uh, see how that could potentially shape up for the Rams, which it's about to culminate into. But you just, Joe Burrow's kind of got that new age Tom Brady mentality to him. You know, he's just going to find a way to win. And that's the thing that's the yeah. most nerve wracking about he's clutch. him. He's, he's clutch. He's clutch. Him and, and he, he, yeah. he doesn't shy away from the, uh, from the big crowds. He played exactly. in the SEC. He beat Alabama. He put mm-hmm. up one of the best college seasons ever at quarterback. Uh, and so, yeah, he's not going to shy away from the limelight here. No, absolutely not. And I think you look at the other side of the ball for the Rams, right? This is where, this is what you built this team for. This is what Les Snead, Sean McVay, Stan Kroenke, they they put it all in, right? You trade, you trade all the picks, the, obviously the, the fun mentality is the F them picks, right? That we, we don't need those first round draft picks. We need (laughs) the Matt Staffords. We need the proven guys like Vaughn Miller. OBJ, who have just come in and done an absolutely fantastic Cooper job. Cooper Cup, don't be Cooper leaving out Cooper Cup. Can't leave out my boy Cooper he Cup. Is, the- he, I mean, everyone knew about him before yes. this season, but he is, you want to talk about ascending into superstar status, oh, much yeah. like the hockey equivalent of Philip, what Philip Forsberg's doing mm-hmm. for our Predators. Cooper Cup, oh my gosh, he is just unstoppable out there. He is just such a trusted wide receiver, great hands, runs great routes has sneaky speed that'll just run, you know, just run right past you, but he can, he's just a great overall well-rounded wide receiver. He's a very cerebral player and he helps in the blocking game. And you know what? The, the other thing too, right? Forget about it. Robert Woods isn't even going to be on the field off, uh, after, or after going through uh, tearing his, I believe it was his ACL uh, right after they acquired OBJ. So we could be looking at a three-headed monster in terms of receivers, much like the Bengals boast in Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. But I tell you what, Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford, the connection has just been unbelievable to me. And again, this might be my biased opinion. I think just what they've accomplished this year, they may have usurped. They may have usurped Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams as the go-to connection battery mates in the NFL. Just watching their chemistry. Obviously, you hear the the stories about them being up at six o'clock in the morning, watching film, going for breakfast every single day leading up to the week for preparation. There's just so many really good things about this Rams team, and and there's players they want to win it for. Former Bengal Andrew Whitworth, forty years old. Obviously, Aaron Donald only needs a Super Bowl to really cement his legacy as probably the greatest defensive tackle of all time, at least in this era anyways. There's a lot of really good things. This is the Rams' opportunity. I think if you look at it and and if the Bengals find a way to win, congrats to them, hats off to them. But this is the Rams' opportunity uh, to really go out and, like I said, cement a legacy, win it for some guys that Mm -hmm. that have been in the league for a little while. And again, the Matt Stafford story is just one that, that if you if you can't cheer for that one, I, I don't know if there's a if there yeah. you might be boasting a bit of a Grinch heart if you can't cheer for right. the Matt Stafford story. So it's uh it's a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to the game. All right, we're gonna wrap up episode 104 with Max Ritz here of the squadcast. Go follow Max Ritz on Twitter at Ritzy underscore Max. 
and follow the squad cast at the squad underscore cast. Go check out their stuff. All right. We are going to do our Super Bowl predictions right now. Final scores. And uh, Max, I know you don't want to jinx your team by doing a final score, but I'm going to make you do it anyway. But I'll, right. I'll, I'll start us off. I think the Rams are going to win this. It's going to be a good game. Give me the Rams 24 to 17. Oh, geez. Look at relatively, that. Like that. Relatively low scoring. I really mm-hmm. trust the Rams defense. I do think Joe Burrow might get a couple touchdowns. I'm not yep. saying he's going to have a horrendous game. I trust the Rams more as a complete team than I do the Bengals. But I do think it's going to be close. It's going to be a fun game. But Stafford is going to rise to the occasion. What he's been waiting for his whole career, he's going to rise to the occasion and win a Super Bowl for the Rams. Well, I'm not too sure what the line currently is on DraftKings for a quick little sponsor plug, but uh, knowing that the the app that I've seen going around, I think the Rams win the game but fail to cover the spread. I think we're looking at a 31-27 football okay. game here. A little in high, favor, high score. In favor of my Rams. I think Matty Stafford comes out the shoot and has an incredible game, maybe gets a Super Bowl MVP out of it. But that's where I'm going. That's where my bias is going to lead me, my friend. But uh, I appreciate uh, knowing that you'll be cheering with me from afar as well. Absolutely. Tell us kind of what y'all been doing on the squad cast before we get you out of here. Oh, pretty much exactly is what you alluded to, my friend. We're talking all sports and, and, and then some. I think the, the biggest thing right now that's a, a struggling narrative for us is what is going on in Major League Baseball. I know that a lot of people are probably thinking the exact same thing, but we're uh, we're running out of ways to to tell people that there's just not a lot of movement right now. And I know that uh, yeah. as a diehard baseball fan and Toronto Blue Jays fan, I'm looking for uh, them to make some uh, to make some progress in their labor negotiations. But a lot of baseball talk right now, even though there's not a ton going on. Again, lots of hockey talk, of course. We're kind of hitting that point when football wraps up. Hockey kind of takes center stage as well as the basketball world. But a little bit of everything and then some. We uh, we do it beyond the box score for all sports, my friend. But thank you very much very for, awesome. the, uh, for the recognition. I always love a good sports show that covers it all. I really, and it's hard to find that. Honestly, you would think in 2022 it'd be easy to find shows that actually cover all the sports, but it's actually really hard to find. So, Squadcast is awesome. Thank you so much, Max Ritz, for joining us. It's been great catching up to you with you, and of course, you are welcome back anytime. Let's not go so long between appearances next time. All right. You got it, Chad. Once again, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations on passing 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more, my friend. You guys keep putting out great Preds content. You know you got a follower in me up north here. But thank you again very much for your time and much continued success. Awesome. All right, this has been episode 104 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton, Rich, and Rich out. And of course, Max Rich joined us here to wrap up the episode. We'll see you next time. We'll see you after the weekend for a brand new episode of Catfish on Ice. Everyone stay safe and take care out there.